Welcome everyone to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I'm the host of this podcast and the creator of Balance by Megan. On this podcast, we talk about all things yoga, wellness, health, and spirituality with guests from around the world. So grab your crystals, grab your essential oils, and let's dive into it. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farah. I'm the host of this show and an international and online yoga and meditation teacher and human design teacher. Happy Monday. What is new? What's up? How have you been? For those of you who joined my free masterclass, Empowered by Design, it was a human design masterclass. Thank you so much. I hope you gained so much value from it. I appreciate you guys. And yeah, I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. If you didn't join, I it was kind of an impromptu free masterclass that I offered. I offered it last, or I started, I should say, promoting it on Wednesday. I just kind of felt called to do this. A lot of people have been asking me about human design, how it can apply to them. So if you're not part of my email list or you don't follow me online, why not? You, uh, you guys missed out on this. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And as you guys know, I've talked about it multiple times here on the podcast. I'm so, so obsessed with human design. I truly just feel like it's a way for you to just show up as your authentic self to be you, whether it's in business or in life or a combination of the two, like stop doing things other people's ways and start doing them how you were designed to do them and how you were designed to interact in the world. So there, there you have it. (laughs) Today on the podcast, I am joined by a very special woman, uh, someone who (laughs) I've known my entire life, someone who as soon as you hear from them, you will be like, wow, (laughs) they are exactly the same. Today I'm joined by my mom, Pam Farrell. It is October and it's all about breast cancer awareness. And for those of you who have been following me for a while, you know that a week before my wedding in 2016, my mom was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. And it's been a journey for all of us, but I wanted her to come onto the podcast and talk about her journey how she discovered she had breast cancer because it was in a very different way and in a way that it is it's not talked about so I think it's important to bring awareness to that my mom both of my parents have had really bad stages of cancer uh just really uh, cancer in general but like like cancer in general is bad but they were they went through a lot with it right it was kind of like we need to do chemo we need to do surgery And both of them have had an incredible mindset throughout it all. My mom, I've been there with my mom as she's going through this. I'm at an age where, you know, I appreciate what she went through. I can see what she went through. And I really wanted her to come on because I know, I know someone out there listening to this is going through breast cancer or will be going through breast cancer, or they know someone who is going through this. And I think my mom was someone who was a really strong rock throughout this. She had a really positive mindset and I think that made a world of difference. So I want someone who is listening to this to, you know, gain the wisdom, gain the insight, gain the inspiration from my mom and her journey with breast cancer. Before we dive into today's show though, a quick few announcements. This episode of the podcast has been brought to you by my Yoga On Demand online membership. So this is a membership that you can do on your time at home. It's 10 USD dollars a month. Currently at the time of this recording, where I live, or just outside of where I live, Toronto, we've gone into a, what they have dubbed a modified secondary lockdown and health clubs, gyms, and studios have closed back down. 
And even before that, if maybe you were someone who didn't want to go back to a gym, you know, I know I didn't. I'm considered a high risk with my asthma and I love the at-home practice. It's something I can do on my time. You know, I can do it at 4.15 in the afternoon. I can do it at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I can do it at 9 o'clock in the morning. Doesn't matter when, it's on my time and it's in my home. So if this has been something you have been wanting to regulate in your practice, maybe you want to commit to a daily practice, maybe you just want to do it a couple times a week, you have modern day meditations on there, manifestation meditations, meditations for healing, meditations for tapping into your creativity. There's a whole bunch of them up there. There's also yoga fitness, yoga flows, gentle yoga practices, there's yoga for anxiety, gentle stretches, there's core practices on there, there's everything from 10 minutes to 40 minutes, so there is a yoga video out there and a meditation out there for you. So make sure that you join by using the link in my bio. You get access to a variety of the classes. You can do them an unlimited amount of time for just 10 USD dollars a month. So now is the time to really, really be tapping into your health and wellness game and stepping it up. And I hope you will join me for that. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by my human design chart readings. Learn more about your human design chart and how you are meant to optimally thrive in the world, make decisions, stay in alignment when it comes to work and life, and understand how you react on the deepest level of your being. So these are one-to-one chart reading. Uh, You have two options. You have the deep dive and then you have the advanced reading. So I will make sure that that is linked in the show notes as well. And then stay tuned, you guys, because for the end of this year, I am going to be offering a lot more human design-esque, <laughs> human design workshops, classes, master classes, masterminds. So if this is something you have been interested in, you want to dive deeper into the world of human design, maybe you know absolutely nothing about it, but all of this is really, really resonating with you, then this is something you are going to want to check out. I've talked about it before on this podcast. I've talked about it on social media. Human design has really been the thing that has given me the permission to be myself exactly as I am. So yeah, I hope you get uh, I hope you get excited about this as much as I did. This was something I wasn't really sure what to expect. And like yoga, it has absolutely changed my life for the better. So make sure you check out the membership. Make sure you check out those human site chart readings. And then stay tuned for upcoming masterclasses, upcoming masterminds, and workshops. Now, without further ado, please welcome Pam Farrell to the Balance Your Life podcast. Today I am joined by a very special guest, someone I have known for a very long time, someone who has been with me through the ups and the downs. Today I am joined by Pam Farrell, aka my mom, mother, mama dukes, mommy, all of the above. Welcome to the show, mom. Hi, hon. How's it going? Guys, my mom is super stoked to be here. When I asked her to be part of the podcast, she was Very excited. She's just like me. We like to talk. So (laughs) it is October. And at the time of this recording, it is mid-October, which is breast cancer month. And for those of you who have been part of my life for a while, you know, a week (laughs) before my wedding, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I will get her to dive into all of that, which stage she was diagnosed with, how she came across of it. But I thought it was important to bring this up because, as far as we know, there's not a lot of breast cancer in our family, is that? None. None. So, you know, this is something that I've had to kind of take into consideration, you know, what kind of breast cancer did you have, if I am susceptible, and I know a lot of people who've been going through this. So, let's back right up and let's talk about... I want to actually talk about like a little bit of your childhood, what that was like, you know, maybe some precursors as to how, maybe why the diagnosis of breast cancer came up. So let's go way back to the beginning. Childhood, what was it like? Well, um, I was, I was growing up in the sixties, (laughs) but I was too young to get into the good stuff. Anyway, it was a, a time of outdoors. It was a time of playing with friends. It was, 
you know, it was a good time, but there was a lot of stress in my life as a child. My father was a police officer and he was sergeant for 32 years, but saw a lot of things. Home life was hard. Um, he wasn't home a lot. So my poor mom was raising four kids pretty much on her own. And me being the oldest, took the brunt or led the path, shall we say, for uh, all the other indiscretions and bad things that we all get into as teenagers for the rest of the family. But other than that, I was very close to my mom's mother, my grandmother. And I did hear that um, she had some type of breast cancer and was um, it was my grandmother's sister. She would have been uh, in her probably 70s at the time. And my mom said that whenever she used to come and visit, she would always say to her, my mom's mom, my grandmother, oh, Anne, my, my breasts hurt today. They feel really sore. But no one knew anything about breast cancer at the time. And she, they said she did live for a long time. How, however, who knows? Who yeah. knows how that would have all played out had this been now and not then. Yeah, and I want to even give listeners a little bit of uh, context too. Like my grandfather being a police officer, he was, and he's very open about it. He was an alcoholic. He struggled with alcoholism. Was clean throughout my yes bringing oh. up. Um, but I, you know, I I know that was not always easy for you as well. And we'll take it back. But I know when the doctor was talking to you about stress, like that can be really really hard. You know, being in childhood of abuse of all that stuff you know that's a lot a lot of stress on the body and she was your doctor was very open about saying like I mean who doesn't experience stress which I think is I think it's ironic that they're like you know have you ever had stress and it's like do you know anyone who's like you know what my entire life 40 years never an ounce of stress in my entire life like well the thing is though when you're talking about stress someone or something is causing that to happen in your life so you don't want to offend someone by saying oh your actions during this or whatever, like caused me so much stress that I, you know, got sick basically. But, you know, and I always say to my poor husband, I go, it wasn't you. (laughs) A lot of things happened in life growing up and, you know, you knew of a lot of things, but you know, you aren't the cause of some of the things that happen in life and things that happen with Megan, nothing to do with you. But, you know, it's, Always the woman, though, I feel, who takes the brunt of the emotions in these situations and who who tries to make everything right. And that in itself puts enormous amounts of stress on, on your mind, your body. Your, and I honestly, I guess I just never realized how much until I got diagnosed and they... The one thing they kept asking me, have you had a stressful life? <laughs> Seems so like... I know. I, how are you supposed to answer that? I know. Uh, and your husband's sitting right there <laughs> and you're like, oh. Uh, but other circumstances played out and, you know, it, it is what it is. Life happens and, you know, you just, you plow through. I also, I next month, November is, I... I want to say it's below the belt cancer month it might be specifically prostate cancer but my dad was also diagnosed so i knew you grew up with him having cancer as well so yeah as much as i want to say there wasn't a lot of like breast cancer in the family there has been a lot of cancer on your side of the family on my a dad's lot. side yeah, yeah. M- much more on my dad's side yeah. yeah okay so let's go right into you've been diagnosed uh, was this a scheduled mammogram that you were going through? Did something happen that made you go, Frig, I should probably get this checked out. This, is, okay. this isn't normal. <laughs> Ironically, okay, ladies, listen up. Here we go. I had had a mammogram from the age of 40 every year of my life. I had the most amazing family doctor who was always on top of things. I when the doc, Back in the day when you could go for physicals every year just because, he would always run tests and things were always, always good. And it was just this one year he said, you know, I was, I, I, I was in my early 50s and he said, you know, Pam, he said, I've been sending you for these tests and everything's been all right. It doesn't really run in your family. I don't see indicators. You could skip this year. They're now recommending two years, so let's skip it. Lo and behold, that would have been in the October. 
and come that following um, April, I noticed getting dressed and in the shower, everyone always looks for lumps. And believe me, I always check things out ever since my husband got, you know, testicular cancer. And, you know, it's important to know your body and, and pay attention to things that aren't right. And years and years and years ago, when I was in high school or just maybe after that, I remember breast cancer was coming in the forefront. And people were really fighting and really pushing for funding. And there was a, um, I, I must have seen a, a clip at school or something, I, I don't know, had to do with breast cancer and how to check yourself and always do the circle, the clock, and, you know, look for lumps and bumps. But one thing they mentioned that no one else has ever mentioned even since was an inverted nipple. If your uh, nipple inverts and stays that way for a long time, I mean, we've all been relaxed or super hot in the tub or something, and you'll notice that they'll relax and almost look like they're inverted. But this, I, I, I happened to notice it, and I kept noticing for days on end that it wasn't changing. And about a couple of weeks in, I'm going, yeah, this isn't good. I couldn't feel anything there, but... That vision kept coming up in my head of that person saying inverted nipple for breast cancer. And as I said, having the best family doctor in the world at the time, I went to see him and he said, how long has it been like this? And I said, honestly, a couple of weeks. And he goes, okay. And he felt around and he said, I'm going to send you for a, a mammogram stat, meaning that very instant. Nobody needed to tell me. My heart instantly told me something was wrong. I knew. I knew I had breast cancer. And anyway, I went for the mammogram right away. Of course, they called back right away. And then this crazy journey began. What? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say, too, I remember getting that phone call. We were in Costa Rica at the time, and you were like, this has been going on for a few days. And I was like, uh... I feel like that's such a very, I don't want to say obvious thing, but like that's so unnormal, I feel like, for the nipple to totally invert, invert right? I feel like a lot of people would go, this is fucking weird, like I should probably get this looked at. And I've talked about our doctors before, we have a new family doctor now who is equally as awesome. We've been very, very lucky to have really good doctors, but it's important, like if that was a thing and your doctor was like, don't worry about it, I can't feel a thing, go find another doctor. Yeah find another doctor who will send you for something even too like I know this is a little bit of a tangent I had issues with possible cervical cancer and even now my doctor is like oh like like you've been clear for a bit so it could be three years but you could pay to have it done I know it's not ideal but that's the type of thing like throw in a credit card get yourself checked out if you have to mm -hmm. get that get that looked at so y you knew instantly in more heart, more yeah. likely than not this is breast cancer what was going through your head like and, and no like no i don't want to like make you feel like how do i say this was there shame was there regret was there like oh, oh no. shit was there like like it what was, was more like oh shit because ironically obviously megan knows my sister I have a beautiful red-haired sister who's very full-figured, and she has <laughs> She's got the most <laughs> incredible boobs you've ever seen. I was so jealous my whole life, and because Megan and I are quite similar. I might be a little bit bigger, Smaller. but not by much. <laughs> anyway, I always used, I used to always jokingly, you know, people talk about cancer or whatever and passing, and you'll say, oh, man, I wouldn't want that one, or blah, blah, blah. And I, I remember saying... Oh, if I had to get cancer, boy, I guess uh, it would ha breast cancer would be the only thing that I could. So in my head, I already had, you know, kind of gone there. And anyway, when I went, we went to the doctor and uh, everything happens like instantly. Yeah. Like all of a sudden there's appointments, there's doctors, there's people in your life you never, like it's just boom, 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 boom. I mean, that's the way it's you want it. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. You really want yeah. it that way. But um, it ended up being stage two. So it's because of the location of the tumor on my breast. When I went in for the biopsy, um, I was lying on the, 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 the table. And they're so wonderful. You know, they're so concerned. And, you know, 
any, don't be afraid. I'm, we're here for you. I'll hold your hand. You know, and somebody, and the gentleman that took the biopsy was like, it's going to pinch a little bit. Honestly, nothing's that bad. After you've given birth, pfft, everything's a piece of cake. So anyway, um, it's funny. They put the the x-ray up on the, you know, that light thing. The screen, the I screen guess, thing, yeah. <laughs> And I could see the tumor uh, behind my nipple. I could see this thing and I, the shadow, and I knew I just said to myself, okay, you've got breast cancer. Let's just figure out where we're at. And they did the biopsy, came back, and it was stage two, which I, everything happens so fast. There's so many questions. You don't know. It's kind of like information overload. You, you want to think of the right things to ask. You don't want to ask, am I going to die? But, you know, that's always in your head. Like, yeah, for sure. How far is this gone? And, you know. Anyway, it turns out that, um, it had, I had, they had to give me a mastectomy and in my head I'm going, okay, I don't know why I always thought mastectomy meant two, <laughs> two boobs gone. However, it means just wherever the cancer is, they take that one off. I could, I didn't need to have the option of having the second one removed. The type of cancer I have is a hormonal cancer which is why Megan has to be screened and tested for this um, enzyme, whatever they, they're looking for. And a lot of it, as I, they indicated, was the stress. But my menopause, I always, I always thought my menopause was worse than anybody I knew. You know, I mean, I wake up in the cold sweats, the hot sweats. Oh, it was a nightmare. And... Um, I had friends going through it, but I seemed to, I felt like I was really young for this and I was probably in my mid to late forties, but you know, things were happening. You fast, had it fast, bad. Fast. Yeah. yeah I, it was awful. Remember. And, um, thing I always, you know, you laugh it off, you get up, you change your nightgown or the sheets or whatever and deal with it. Right. It eventually goes away. Ladies, that's something you can look forward to. But, um, other than that, it was just, I had no idea if they meant that that caused this hormone to go haywire. Mm -hmm. Was it something that always was going to go haywire? I suppose we'll know more as Megan gets older and they do the testing. Um, my nieces as well will have to be tested. But in a sense, I almost, <laughs> I wanted it gone. I didn't care. You know, some women get all this craziness over. Oh my God, I'm half a woman, blah, blah, blah. I'm go get gone. Bye. See ya. Out of here. And uh, almost looked forward to the surgery, which came pretty quick. Yeah. After we got back from your wedding. I was going to say, too, at this time this all happened, I literally had just gotten a job. And you had been diagnosed a week before my wedding. I didn't know, but obviously Dad and Brad found out about it. So they all knew. I found out, like, two days after the wedding. And even, like, going into work, it was like, hey, by the way, I know you literally just hired me, but I'm also getting married. I need a week off. Yeah. And then it was like a week or two after that, it was like, hey, my mom has breast cancer, which we, they were amazing about. And they were like, anytime you need, you can take off. I went with you to a lot of appointments. I went with you to the day of the surgery. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I wasn't alive for when dad had cancer, but just from listening to both of you talk, you and dad had a very, very good mindset, I feel like, going in. And I think that makes a world of difference. You're like, let's just, let's deal with this. Let's remove the issue. Let's remove, like, you can think of it as, like, that negative energy. Like, get it rid of, remove it. And, like, how do we deal with this? Like, let's go forward. And I can totally grasp. I mean, when they said, hey, Megan, you might also have cancer. Like, that's a terrifying thought. thought. And it's like, yeah, you're like, what the fuck? Like, why me? You, you know, like... People take all the time in the world to process, but it's also like, okay, let's move forward. And I think that can make a huge difference because your recovery to me felt remarkably fast, felt remarkably like, I remember being kind of like on eggshells, like, okay, she seems really good, but like, are we going to have know, a breaking point at some point? I know. But you were good. And well, I'm telling you and well, I maybe I'll end up in jail, but I, I smoked pot which helped me immensely. I kept my mindset, my mood. I did a lot of thinking, a lot of talking, a lot of, I suppose, self-meditation. But I also thought, you know what? Okay, let's just deal with this, get it over with. And I was going to get a new set of boobs 
which was like, oh, she was excited. I was so jacked about that. Let me tell you. Um, of course, I had visions of Dolly Parton, and uh, you know, they're like, thinking, no, 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 not okay, that sister. Big. You know what? You're getting a little long in the tooth for this. Nobody's gonna be one to be staring. At, you know, thinking, well, I can't really take advantage of that. Maybe we'll just stick to a regular mummy size. You know, you still got bigger <laughs> ones than me now, though. <laughs> but okay, so when you went in for the, the day of surgery, do you remember? Do you kind of recall like where your mindset was at? What were you oh. thinking about? What well, was yeah all that stuff? Um, because I knew, I guess the the removal of the breast wasn't as bad as the thought of what was coming two weeks down the road. The chemotherapy that terrified me literally more than anything else. Why? Well. When your dad was diagnosed with um, testicular cancer, oh, I, sh- I shouldn't say like why. Like why would you think that way? I was just, I just want people no, to be like. No, because he um, he went through chemo, and at the time they kept him in the hospital. Yeah. Um, he was in for a week, and it was bad. Oh man, he was sick. He and, did like a week at a time of chemo. Yeah, yeah. and he was a bit. He's a big man, and to see him on his hands and knees crawling to throw up in the toilet was overwhelming and. But, you know, we got through it all and even being told we couldn't have kids and lo and behold, you had to, I had to, <laughs> and I didn't screw around. And, uh, but anyway, um, I, I, that, I just wanted the surgery over and done with. I wasn't sure how it was going to, how it was going to be done. Um, I, I knew they were going to take it off, but you know, and then of course you wake up everything's over and done with. And they're all saying it went really well. La, 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 la. And they had also taken out, um, six lymph nodes. So what happens is when they remove a tumor like that, they go to your lymph nodes to look to see if there's any residue, any, any cancer cells, anything that's going to show up. Now my lymph nodes they took were under my armpit. And I was very lucky in the sense that they only took six. So, Sounds like a lot though too. I know, but I've known people that have had like sixteen. Yeah. Um, I believe Rosie O'Donnell, um, one of the, uh, what's her name? Rosie O'Donnell. Not Rosie O'Donnell. Um, another Rosie. Kathy Bates. Oh, okay. She had like thirty or something taken out, and this can also this kind of thing can also lead to other issues down the road mm-hmm. when they have to get invasive for this type of thing. But I I was grateful. I mean, you know. It, the weirdest thing is the waking up and being bandaged so tight. I mean, I cannot tell you these bandages they use could, you could build a house. Like I'm, they were just unbelievable. And, uh, you have a nurse come in who helps you, you know, keep it clean, etc. But it's fascinating when, well, it was to me, I wasn't upset when it came off cause I knew it was going to be fixed down the road. I knew it's going to be a bit of a journey without, having a boob, but you know, it is what it is. And the scar, it, it was, it's pretty fascinating. I, I, funny enough, I had a little birthmark. I used to always be so proud of, cause if I wore the right top and when I had my boobs, <laughs> it would, it would be Sweet. emphasized and it just made me feel really sexy. Anyway, it's now on almost under my armpit on the other side of my body because they had to take all that. They take everything now, <laughs> scoop in, take everything out kind of mortifying when you think about it but it really is very fascinating i feel like that's something that this family has in common right it's like even dad was like oh this is so fascinating i'd love to see how this was going you i'd love to see like how this is going like i always said too when they were doing the removal of stuff in in my cervix i was like man it'd be cool if you could like hook this up to a screen so i could see what you were doing because it's just (laughs) it really is incredible how far we come and when my mom was going in for a chemo, my dad and I were with her at one point and the lady, he had mentioned, Oh, I, you know, back in 85, I had cancer. I went through chemo and the lady looked at him like he was like some sort of like mythical creature. Like, Oh my God, in 85, you had cancer. My you God, survived. you survived. Like yeah. the things have changed so incredibly advanced. They've been come so advanced since now. So it's like, so many things were into play. You had a great mindset. You had a really incredible team of doctors. I feel like you had a good mm-hmm, team of doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all very supportive. They were all like, you know, answered all of your questions. And I know that's not the case for everybody, but you were at women's college. No, college? actually I really, 
I had thought I'd be going to Women's College or Toronto General, one of the cancer hospitals downtown, which was going to be a bit of a drag, considering we lived in Pickering. Yeah. Um, but when they told me I was going to go to Scarborough General, I looked at them like they were... No, thank you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that's not a proper hospital for cancer. What are you talking about? Well, anyhow, CIBC has a breast cancer clinic that the CIBC provided to the hospital. It's a whole wing, and they that's all they do breast cancer. And the people are phenomenal. The girls are great. I had no idea this even existed, and I'm almost ashamed to say that. But see, your funding dollars can go a long way and really help. Really help, maybe eradicate this god-awful disease once and for all um yeah it's yeah it's very blessed to live at you know i've talked about it before canada we have free health care even you know i was saying for some things like to have a pap or something now down if you want it done more than once every three years you have to pay for it but still everything happened very quickly for you and i it think did. that really goes to show that we have a really great health care system but your doctor was also very uh, open to other modalities of healing for you, right? Like, I mean, it's I've talked about pot before on this podcast. Oh, she was fine with that. She yeah. thought, she said, whatever gets you through. And honestly, I started the chemo two weeks after the surgery. And the first time I'm in the chair and you're being infused, I was literally terrified. <laughs> I was waiting for, like, green juice to come out and I would just, you know... <laughs> I'd start, start shaking. shaking or, you know, I had no idea what to expect. And of course, remembering my husband's experience didn't help anyway. So, you know, it takes about an hour or so for the whole thing to go through. And then you just get up and they send you home and you're like, okay. So all the way in the car, I'm like, okay, okay. So far, so good. So far, so good. And, uh, honestly, the worst thing is, or for me was the taste you had a metallic, almost like a bloody metallic taste in your mouth all the time after the chemo. It just, yeah, you kind of just felt weird. Chemo brain is a real thing. Total fog. Unfortunately, too, for me, the chemo affected the nerves in my feet. I was very clumsy. I managed to break my foot. While I was on chemo, I managed to break a tooth. I had another terrible fall. But, you know, we kind of made big jokes out of all of that. It was a little crazy at the time, but, um, the chemo itself, you know, I, I was able to eat. I do believe I would come home and thank God it was the summer because my wonderful husband and my wonderful son-in-law built me a deck and a little waterfall in the backyard so I could recuperate outside and not be, become introverted and just hide away in the house. And I did, I would come home, I'd go out back, I'd grab a cup of tea or whatever, get all comfy, cozy on my couch under the gazebo with my waterfall. Everyone, my neighbors, everyone would come over and visit. We'd all chat and, you know, I'd have a little toot or whatever. And my neighbors are like, you know, we can hear you giggling all yeah. the time. And it's just the best thing, the best thing to hear you laughing. And ironically, one of my best friends was going through cancer at the same time. And hers was different. It was more esophagus. Her chemo was a little different. But she would just come home and, and just lie on the couch or lie in bed. And she wasn't doing so great. She started having a lot of secondhand issues. And I wouldn't let myself do that. I, I would force myself, okay, get outside. Just get outside. Go sit outside. Everyone will come and see you. We'll sit. And, you know, and we laugh about it. And as the chemo grew, you know, got used to it or whatever, I knew at some point my hair was going to fall out. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I was not, no bueno on that, not looking forward to that at all. Didn't know how I was going to deal with it, what I was going to do. I think that was, out of everything you went through, I feel like that was what kind of tripped you up probably the most, <sighs> that was losing was your hair. Man. But it was funny the day it happened because I knew it was coming because there was coming out in droves when I'd comb my hair or do what, I'd get up in the morning, oh, you know, like, oh, well, it's going to happen. And uh, anyhow, I remember the morning I finally decided, okay, what I had been doing, I was trying to hoard my hair. 
I would wear a baseball cap and I wouldn't brush my hair. I would just shove everything up <laughs> under the up. cap, just kind of hoping the cap would keep it all in my head. But, you know, it just wasn't really working out that way. So I ended up, uh, one day I just said, forget it, screw it, let's do this. And we had a balcony on the second floor of our house um, that overlooked the backyard. And I decided to go up there and brush it all out and see what, what, where, where we were at. Yeah. And my husband and my son-in-law were sitting having their morning coffee out in the deck below me. So I was up there in the brush and oh my God, it came out. All of it came out. There wasn't very much left. And I put it all in a big ball and I looked over. They didn't know I was above them. And I dropped the ball of hair down beside my son-in-law and he screamed, thought it was a squirrel. And honestly, it was kind of worth it to take my hair out and do that to him because it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And that day, I phoned the lady who, um, there's these wonderful groups of, um, if, if you ever have to deal with this, there are people, there are wig places, there's blossoms, wigs, there's, there's, and these women not just do wigs, they are your friend. They've been through it. They'll help you find the right look for you if that's where you want to go. If you don't want to go that route, that's fine as well. Um, they're just there for support. The ladies had said to me, the day will come when you want your head shaved, like whatever's left done. And she said, just call me. You can come right in. And that day I did. I went in and whatever. And I, I put on an army fatigue dress and pretended I was all like Mrs. Uh, G.I.J. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I took a photo and I sent it to Megan. And I had no idea. My poor baby was devastated crushed at work I didn't mean to do that to her I had no idea she would be I well I think for me too it was more just knowing what you were going through and that was like oh man like another thing yeah well it was just yeah it was like I I I feel what you're feeling right now and I know that was a very hard thing for you to do and I know for a lot of women it having a good mindset and stuff can make a huge difference but it's also like it's it I'm I'm sure it does something to the confidence, right? You're like, fuck. Well, like, I had what? really nice hair before. They do. They do. At, like I said, they do offer you um, reference points to use, places to go, people to yeah. contact for various things. And one of the things that, or one of the groups was, um, look good, feel better, or whatever. And um, it was a group of women going through the same thing at the same time. And we had we went to this meeting at the hospital. And, um, Megan came with us and it was lovely. We got to, everyone was in different stages. People had lost hair, just losing hair, whatever. I had started wearing scarves and different things. And I had decided that, okay, well, (laughs) no hair, but let's, let's keep the face up. You know, let's put on some makeup. I don't want to look like a haggard old dying person. So we'll do the best that we can. And I, uh, started to wear I lost my eyelashes, so I put eyeliner on my eyelids to make me feel like I had something there. Um, I used eyebrow pencils to sort of just create a little shadow, and you yeah. know, I used lipstick, I used blush. Um, they should really showed you too, like if you were a little bit more yellow from the chemo or something, this is what you would use to kind of exactly. counter that. And yeah, that was a really cool. That was. And yeah, I remember event, when we first walked in and they gave us boxes of all this free stuff. Uh, like, Great. And I'm going, hey, where's my Botox? <laughs> you know, but it was all free makeup and it was really nice and very uplifting. And yeah. it really, you know, I just, I feel if you can, if you can make yourself feel like you look better um, or you, 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 you make an effort and, and it just it does something to your mood. It does something to... You're more positive. You're more uh, out. You just outgoing. Feel good, you yeah. feel you 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 won't hide away. You yeah. know. The hardest time though, that one time when in the winter when I went, we had run out of milk early in the morning and I hadn't put on any makeup or anything and everyone was whining. They didn't want to go out in the cold and I said I'll go get the milk, and I put on a pink baseball cap. I had on a pink guess puffy coat, and I had um my boots on, no makeup, but I decided, okay, just do it. It's early. No one's going to be there. And when I was paying, the lady handed me my bag and said, thank you, sir. And I, 
that was the second time I cried. Yeah, I remember in the you whole home. journey, and I just ran to Megan and I just sobbed in her arms. The first time I cried was when I met my oncologist for the first time. She was lovely, and um, I remember her giving me the outline of the treatment, how long it was going to take, and I think that blew me away almost more than anything. Mm-hmm. Was the length of time you have to go through all these treatments and I mean you see the commercials for sick kids believe it it's like it feels like it's never going to end that there's no light at the end of the tunnel but you just mark it on the calendar and every everyone every journey just put it behind you move forward move forward and eventually next thing you know it's over you know yeah I think another important thing was you didn't want to really be treated like you were sick. Like, yes, we always knew on chemo days and stuff, you'd be a little bit more tired. But I even remember surgery day, like the doctor coming and being like, she'll probably sleep for the next few days. Like, don't worry about it. And you were down within like three hours and we we're all like, oh, do we put her back to bed? Like, <laughs> what, what should we do right now? I don't know. I but you it. were just like, you're like, you know, yes, I want to honor my rest and make sure that I'm, you know, being good to myself and stuff. But at the same time, please don't treat me like I'm, like I'm sick and like I'm dying. Like I don't, and I think that's an important thing too, is to be like, don't put yourself in that mindset because that can make you, that can make you feel low and that can make you feel, you know, depressed. And yes, you're going to have those bad days. You're going to have those down days. And it's not to take away from that, but it's to me, I remember you just being more in a positive mindset and more in a positive state than not. And I think that made a huge, huge difference. Well, routine as well. I, I kind of kept to a routine. I made made sure I got up by a certain time. I made sure I was dressed and brushed my teeth and, you know, downstairs ready to rock the day with whatever, usually Ellen or The View. <laughs> or <laughs> There was an incredible uh, woman. She was in The Secret, the documentary. If anyone hasn't seen it, you have to go watch it. It's on Netflix. It's incredible. She was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer, and it was like this – this is your death sentence. Like, we're just telling you, but like, you're not going to make it. And she had said like, that wasn't an option. She wasn't going to die. And every day they would watch funny movies. And her whole thing was, she was like, I just want to laugh, 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 laugh. And she didn't have to go through chemo. She didn't have to go to radiation. And she literally just like manifested it away. Like it was totally clear. And that was from the, she said it was November. She was diagnosed to April. She was given the, green light and she swears it was because she had a positive uplifted mindset and I think that makes a huge huge difference well the people who surround you as well have to have to bring you there and you know from day one from the day she said you have breast cancer this is how we're going to treat it my husband was like yep okay fine yep (laughs) I think and he, I, he, he never, you know, you see things, you see in the movies, the men, oh my God, my darling, and they hold you and they, you, you sob into each other's arms and now, not with Jeff, right to it. Okay, let's just get on like, with this and let's deal with this and move, move forward. And I don't know. I think that's what it, maybe some people need is that little kick in the ass just yeah. to, okay, 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 okay. Got no time for self-pity. Got to just get Keep on going. with it. Yeah. Yeah. If you had to give a woman, especially right now too, it's COVID time, you know, it's, we're getting colder. It's a little harder. Like what would be something that you would encourage a woman who's maybe experiencing this? Maybe she's going through it. Maybe she's just been given, you know, the talk, like you do have breast cancer. Like we're going to have to do something about it. Like what would be one thing that you would say, please keep this in mind. Here's my advice. Here's something that I want you to know about what you're going to go through. Well, unless you're in like, Okay, final stages, which is, uh, it is what it is, right? Um, just seriously, know what's going on. Like, read about things. Look into, my husband's always been the one to, Google you know, it. Google it. <laughs> Google this. Um, go to Mayo Clinic. Um, ask the questions. I, I know it's, I've really been slacking off this past year as my, you know, we're now moved to a year instead of every six months to see this doctor. And I, I just, I don't know what to ask anymore. I don't know. I don't want to ask, do I still have cancer? Cause they don't come out and tell you, you do or you don't. But I take upon myself, I read the pamphlets that come with the medications, So I know what I'm up against. I don't manifest them the the symptoms that they say may happen 
just I'll use it if I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe this hot flash, well, it's kind of weird. I feel really hot today. Yeah. You know, and I'll go and look up, okay, so that'll explain that. Or mm-hmm. um, maybe there's things I can do or take that will help any of the side effects that I have. Unfortunately, I'm on pills right now. I have been for five years. It's called letrozole. I I don't know. When you look at the prescription thing, it says chemo on it, but I don't, they were told me it was a medication to keep it from metastasizing into my bones. So it was a five-year plan for this medication. I don't love this medication. <laughs> it makes me a little... It's very... I was the one who got Megan into yoga. I used to love exercise, doing all this stuff. It's very painful to me now. And I know she'll tell you or tell me <laughs> if you kept doing more and more every day. But no, I know this is this is going to be over. Well, so I thought it was going to be over a lot sooner than it actually supposed to be. They told me five years. Saw my doctor a couple of weeks ago and she's going, well, now they're recommending 10. So in my brain, I'm going, okay, I've hated this for five years. My bones hurt. It causes some kidney issues. I've had to see heart specialists over the last three years because it can cause heart issues. I feel good. Do I want to take a chance? And I mean, everybody else prior to this year was taking it for five and got to quit. Do I continue with this? So now that's where I'm at right now. I have to make that mind I have to decide on my own whether or not I'm going to continue five years after next um, April. But I will do the research, and that's what you've got to do. You got, I've got to figure out how I can – if I don't, it. if I stop this, is there a way I can maintain a, um, a, a, a – I don't know how to – um, how am I going to know that – it hasn't gone to my bones. Or right. I, I, did I make a mistake, you know? Then that's the flip side of it. So it, it's tough. You've got to, you can't rush. You've got to just take your time and just really think it through and figure out what's best in, for you. But really keep positive people around you. Put yourself in a routine. Um, enjoy. Laugh. Yeah. Find things that make you laugh. I only watched funny things. I mean, Ellen DeGeneres was my godsend. She, when my father was dying of lung cancer and I moved in with my parents to care for him because he wanted to be at home, we would watch Ellen every day and every day just laugh, you know, and, and just keep that positive focus, that positive attitude. And, um, you know, if you're able to exercise, if you're able to do some, some meditation, meditation's great. It just go in the right mindset. Don't let your mind wander do the positive meditation, you know? Yeah. There was a lot of things I think we did too. Like we mm-hmm. removed deodorant. Yep. We removed any sort of chemical cleaners from the house. We had used all natural meditation. You walked, you still continue to walk daily. You know, uh, we got your collagen for your bones and stuff. Like that's not to say, you know, I feel like there's always this flip side. People want to go totally, totally all natural, which I think is great. But it's also like, yes, you're still going through chemo. Yes, you're still going through this stuff. And Western medicine has a time and a place for everything. And it truly has. I mean, it, it does incredible things. But we try to supplement as much natural stuff as we could into your life. Well, into everyone's life. I, My poor dad. I'm like, removing everything from his war like you can't oh. use this you can't use that you can't do this you can't do that and he's just like oh my god i need like a manual to know Remember what i the, can use now the five little pills oh yeah like here's some algae take this take this and you know i just like shove things into my parents face i'm like here try this and my dad's a little bit more like what the hell are you giving me and my mom's just like whatever take it no my husband's no questions a, asked my husband's at the view, viewpoint that beer is just Beer kill. will save everything. save everything. We always joke because he had such intense <laughs> chemo. Like he, is this girl. is a man who will never get sick. He can eat anything. He can do anything. And I like my husband's convinced that he's like invincible. Like he'll just be around forever. He's got the solution to everything within his body. But it's, you know, it's we try as much natural stuff as we possibly can. And there was an incredible doctor. I think it's Doctor Christian Gonzalez who talks about. He's like a natural oncologist. So he approaches um, cancer is like, instead of just 
throwing chemo on and like he describes it as like if you have a field and you throw chemo out and the chemo wipes out the entire field the bad cancer the bad things are still going to grow up they're still going to pop up so what is natural ways that we can start to remove that so that once the chemo gets rid of it it doesn't grow back so that's my little rant on all natural stuff and why that has a place with western medicine you know i feel like a lot of people are like nope no, 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 you can't use that stuff like Western medicine all the way and on the flip side also Eastern stuff all the way. And I think there's an incredible fusion that you can have between the two. Well, I mean, let's be realistic. I, mindset alone is going to cure. I think it can do a lot. Oh, it, yeah. No, no, but I mean 100%. It's, it can do an awful lot in, in making you get well. Yes. Um, but there has to be probably some medicinal intervention at some point. Yeah, I would say, you know? yeah, if it's, if it, you have to do what is best for you, right? What, whatever that looks like. And it's, you can use all the natural stuff to even act as a preventative to stuff like that. But like when the time comes, you have to do what is the right thing for you. And even after all of this, like you continue to use all this natural stuff, all this mindset stuff, and you will continue after this has long since passed. I mean, we are going into year five, so hopefully things are better going forward and stuff. But obviously this is something we'll always have to kind of, we'll have to monitor without it consuming your life. Your life. Yeah. Yeah, right? just be mindful, that's all. Be be aware. Yes. Like I said, you know, I have no idea. There's a reason that that little clip about an inverted nipple stuck in my head for over 20 years. Yeah. No, anyone else I told, when I told them about the cancer that I had, how'd you find it? Everyone wants to know, did you find a lump? No, my nipple inverted. And the looks I get are like, what? And I'm like, I'm serious. And... I, I would tell them, I don't know why I remembered that from back in the day, but yeah. there was a reason and this was it, Yeah, you know, and this is my message to everyone. Don't just assume it's a lump. Don't assume, you know, something's not right. Get it checked. Like, yeah, you know, it doesn't, it didn't hurt to have it checked. No. And, yeah. you know, for, even for peace of mind, holy, that alone, because the stress of not knowing and guessing and assuming is not healthy either. Yeah. So. Oh, I go every time there's something. I'm like, I have something weird here. This is going on. And my doctor's like, don't worry about it. It's like okay. nothing. Like, you've been checked. You're, you're, you're fine. You're that patient. I yeah. was that patient. I'm not anymore. I haven't seen the doctor in like a long time. Yeah. I actually probably should go soon just for a checkup. But yeah, I used to be that patient. I used to be the doctor. The doctor used to say, stop Googling your symptoms. Because I'd be like, I have a headache. It's a brain tumor. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm not like that anymore. So <laughs> before we finish off and end today's podcast episode we have something that is called the bonus round right. so it's five little questions they're light-hearted <clears throat> they're fun they used to be the where's st- my button Ding. <laughs> i know the answer are you ready you yep. pumped okay okay what is a podcast book or resource that has been valuable to you and you want to share with our audience oh well it doesn't really have anything to do with um breast cancer or anything along that line, but a million little pieces. Yeah. You like that book. My <laughs> mind. I mean, I know maybe some of it was embellished, but just, it was a look into the, the mental health system, um, and how they treat patients or how, you know, I mean, we lived with this guy for over a year while he was in that place. And, I, I that, that book will just always stick with you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Who is your favorite influencer or person to look up to for inspiration? You know, in real life or? Yeah, in real life. I mean, they could be dead too if Uh, if that's applicable. Well, I mean, honestly, I love, I know this is crazy because it's a movie star, but Kristen Bell and her husband. Oh, no, you can, yeah, you can say that. (laughs) They just inspire the crap out of me. Every time she finds something new, something natural. She's now into the CBD. She's doing CBD, um, oils for, she used to have pain in her feet and things like that. Um, the hello Bella line that they did, um, they use local, they, they try to, you know, keep minimal environmental things down and the cost for families, for people. I mean, that's just, I, I love their message. I love, they, 
they'll, they'll just jump on the next thing. They're always on it, you know, Yeah. without having the Kardashian branding, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So I, like I just love too. their sincerity. Yes. I like them too. Shout out to Kristen and Dax. <laughs> what are you grateful for today? Uh, grateful that I live where in the country that I live in. I'm grateful for living in the country, in the country that I live in. I'm grateful for my family. I I will be so grateful when this COVID nightmare is over because I miss, oh, I'm missing everybody so much. It's I'm like missing so, my hugs. I know, that's the I'm humblest thing. I'm missing my touching. Like, I'm a touchy person. It's killing me and, you know, but anyway. I know. When I see people, I'm like, I, I don't know what prob- protocol is. Like elbow bumps, air high fives. It's, yeah, it's been, it, that's, I think you and I have something very in common with that mm. is I like to hug people. Me I'm too. a genuine hug person and I'm like, eh, I, I want to, but like we can't. I so. know. Back off. <laughs> what is your spirit animal? You know, we've been through, the, we've had this conversation <laughs> a hundred thousand times. However, the one thing that constantly comes to my mind is like an eagle or a, a big beautiful bird that just it's it's always looking over always looking over looking for things looking for a new place to settle something to, I don't know I just every time I see one in the sky my heart just implodes I I just I I cannot I, I just imagine I, I I I've looked through I try to like think of looking through the world through their eyes and how much they must see and and what, you know? Yeah. We get a lot of birds. This is like, I mean, you're like the 10th person who has had a bird on this podcast. I know, they're but I can't help for a reason. It. I yeah. just, you know, they're free. They're, yeah. they're, I don't know, they're, they're staggeringly beautiful. I, I just, yeah. yeah. We love birds. And what is your favorite form of self-care to practice? <laughs> you can say smoking pot if that's Well, honestly, <laughs> I do. I, I love, I, honestly, for me. I know my father, oh, growing up was the worst because he was a sergeant in the police force. And as far as he was concerned, pot led to heroin. I mean, dad, really, come on. The thing is, I grew up in a generation where it was all homegrown. And to this day, it's all homegrown. I don't, I would never go downtown Toronto and, buddy, <laughs> looking for some green, you know, like it's strictly all natural. All, and that's where I come from on that scene is... I do feel it's a natural um, remedy. Remedy. I do feel that I do feel the Indians and the peace pipe and and all things like that were there for a reason. It made I don't know a lot of people. Yeah, they sleep or whatever. They're lazy. A lot of people become very creative. They become very talkative. Um, You're very motivated. I will you say are. You I, I oh for <laughs> sure. I can I could. She cleans the, the house when I she's can do not, anything. Yeah. I mean, I just. <laughs> It just calms all those other stupid things nagging in the background that just interrupt what your your plan for the day, your thought of the day. It just sort of makes you just sort of go, okay, this, I'm going to just do this in this particular order, and no, 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 I'm not going to stress that this isn't going to be done down in another, I have to get to that down the road. I mean, right now I've got soup that I'm making up on the stove. Yeah, I could be up there cutting the veggies and that, but you know what? It's simmering. It'll simmer for the next little while. <laughs> I can do other things in between. I have to go to the store. I'll do that after the podcast. You know, I just, I find, and it helps me sleep. Because one of the things, as we age, and the pills that I'm on too do not uh, help uh, help me sleep really great. This, it, just having a toot before bed, will just calm the mind down. Just let me just focus on what I want to do. My breathing. I always breathe. My yoga breathing in bed. Then I get my book. I read a couple of pages. And boy, it's off to La La Land. And I'm sleeping good while everyone else is having a miserable night. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny. It's uh, like I I don't smoke anymore. I used to. I haven't in a very long time. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. People are like, oh, like your parents smoke. I'm like, yeah. Whatever. Like, my dad doesn't anymore. He used to, but like, whatever. Like, I feel like everybody does it or has done it at some point, And it, you know, it, it shouldn't define yeah, a person, whatever. <laughs> you know, that it really, yeah, you know. it's pot. It's great. <laughs> what, what up? You do you. 
This has been so informative. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I love, love you. I love that you've been so open. I love that I'm at an age where I can appreciate everything that you've been through and going through. And, you know, I can hear everything about, you know, and I will, maybe I will have dad come on the podcast too, because it's always interesting to see what he went through at that time, Honestly. but I wasn't alive then. So yeah. I, it's, I just, you know, I'm just hearing it from his account, but with you, it was, I was there. I saw it. I'm still part of it. And, you're very very open about talking about it and I think that makes a huge difference too because there's somebody out there right now who's going through it or they know someone who's going through it and I think it's just nice to know that there's people who are going through it that are in a really good state of mind and that's who you should be surrounding yourself through and looking at as you know inspiration to get through this tough time so um, for anyone who's out there who's going through this you know be strong be strong we're with you Keep moving forward. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for coming Love you, pumpkin. (laughs) Bye, everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you give it a five-star rating and review. It takes two moments of your time and truly does make a difference in growing this community and showing support for the show. Make sure to stop by and say hi on social media. Take a screenshot of this episode. Tag our guest. Tag me and hashtag the show hashtag BYL podcast, share it out on your Instagram stories so that we can share it out on ours. And I will make sure to slide into your DMs to say hello. Until next Monday, everyone. I can't wait to see you then. Namaste.